Welcome to Game Devs Quest. Uh, we are the podcast that chronicles our little journey through this little game developer's quest. <laughs> um, I'm Rhett, joined by Taylor, of course. Say hello. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what episode we're on. It's been very confusing because we've been just like, <laughs> we've just been like recording whenever we kind of think we should. We've been doing it like every Friday for the last couple of weeks, but also whenever we like we're like, hey, this might be a good time to record. I think we might have some material. So I think this is like episode this is seven, six or seven. Episode six, I believe. Okay. Yes. Well, if you made it this far, congratulations. <laughs> yes, and also- thank you for that. We appreciate you listening. <laughs> Off-topic uh, tangent. Do you? Uh, in the Unity course we're taking, do you notice how often they congratulate us? It like it feels so good. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah, like, I think that all the time. They literally like they're like, like so polite. <laughs> yeah, the guy uh, he has like a British accent, and you you do something like really simple, but it takes like nine minutes for the video to go through, and then at the end he's like, "Well, there you go. You've made like." some text right to the screen congratulations you've made it this far <laughs> you know <laughs> uh so anyway sorry off topic congratulations for making it this far yeah congratulations listener uh let it be a reminder to our ultimate goal in this podcast which is to show you that if we can do it you can too <laughs> yep exactly um and uh last week we were pretty busy uh we had a lot going on in our own lives um but i feel like we made some pretty good progress uh especially with the uh console game uh we're making in c sharp and we'll talk about that yeah. a little bit today um the last couple of sessions have gotten me pretty jazzed yeah it's it's been um <clears throat> there's been times of struggle i i feel like which has actually um i think really helped us learn some cool things and also brought our project uh to i think a better place um it's kind of fun like implementing something like and then realizing two hours later that the way you implement it like doesn't make any sense or like you found a much more efficient (laughs) way of doing it and so you just like like last night we uh were working on coding and like we got rid of probably like a hundred lines of code (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) so that's always fun um anyways uh going to last week um what are some things, uh, Rhett, that you learned or resources you want to share, uh, things you're proud of with what we accomplished together or individually? Um, yeah, well, um, didn't discover much in the way of resources. Uh, I was telling Taylor before we started recording um, that the last two weeks have been just like ungodly busy for me. Mm-hmm. Um I took up a part-time job just to make some extra money and it became a full-time job on top of my other full-time jobs. (laughs) Um, But hopefully that problem has been rectified and won't be an issue. But uh, in lieu of that, like, I mean, I have been listening to the Gamkito podcast, which has been like really inspirational listening to people's journeys. Nice. Um, And uh, listening to them like dissect projects that they've done in the club and all that sort of stuff. That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah, and also, um, well, c- congratulations to you for well, I guess both of us for making the time when you've been that busy to actually. I think we probably spent like four to six hours coding together. So good work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it feels good to like be able to work on my projects. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it feels really good to be able to work on my projects, even though I'm busy and it like makes me feel, you know, accomplished and yeah. like, I'm not just like kind of drifting through life because honestly, like anybody who's done any sort of just regular day job stuff that has nothing to do with what you like, it can often feel like you're just kind of floating through life, not yeah. really accomplishing anything. Yeah. We don't, um, we don't want to be the people that just go to work every day and come home and then just like watch TV and eat dinner and then come home or, right. you know, and then just repeat the cycle. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I love watching TV, but, yeah. <laughs> right. but, um, yeah. And, and so it's been kind of rough kind of finding time and, and recouping and all that stuff. But yeah. my job, uh, that I've taken up has kind of allowed me to be able to at least listen to audio and stuff like that. So that's where the podcast come in. And I've also, um, I took audio from a lot of like the game developers conference stuff that I was telling you about uh, yeah. over the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. on YouTube mm-hmm. um, and been listening to that, which there is something that is lost because there is a visual element to all of these developers presentations that they do at this, at these things. Um, but you know, you can follow around and it's still inspirational to yeah. hear them talk about like their journey and, mm-hmm where they were when they started a project and when they hit walls and all that sort of stuff. And it's been pretty cool. Like, you know, I've listened to a couple about art. I've listened to a couple about, uh, like specific games and development. Um, I've listened to a few about music, which is fascinating because (laughs) with all this stuff, like the one thing that I definitely have experience in is music. So it's nice to see like the art side of that, like, playing a big role in the industry yeah um well and uh you're working on a theme song for the podcast so that probably helps too right yeah it does actually and just I, get a little bit of inspiration i've uh i usually on my lunch break um i'll spend some time reading and uh when i'm reading i i usually listen to music and i'm i for the last couple of probably six months or so have been compiling this like chill music playlist um and I'm finding now that I'm like gearing my mind towards making video games that I'm thinking a lot more about like just games in general. And so like I'm getting a lot out of listening to this playlist that I've created um, and like thinking of a lot of these songs in a way of like, oh, this would be a really cool like background song for a video game or like an intro song for a video game. And uh, I know I sent you uh, like one or two songs that I thought would be pretty cool. Um, just for inspiration, you know, so that that's been fun. Like I've been kind of like, you know, thinking about more aspects of my own life about like how I can use that to benefit our projects. So um, <clears throat> I guess going to some resources I found, just something, some things I, I did this week um, on my own. One, uh, going back to listening to things, uh, Rhett actually hosts several podcasts i think five other ones um and i had listened to 
maybe a couple episodes here and there. I was in one of his podcasts like once or twice. Um, but uh, he has a podcast called A Game at Dinner, uh, which is all about Morrowind. Um, and I have played Morrowind a little bit. I uh, played through Oblivion and Skyrim. Um, but I, I just because we're making this podcast, I was like, I wonder what, you know, that that podcast is like. And so I actually listened to all 11 or 12 episodes uh, within like two or three days uh, at work. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Um, it got me kind of inspired to want to play Morrowind, but also just thinking about like how much you can do with video games. Um, and they spend most of their time in that podcast talking about like the lore of Morrowind and just like how deep it is. It was really, it was really cool to learn, but also like pretty inspirational. Um, and in that, you know, video games aren't just about programming. It's not just about art. Um, people are writing these whole backstories for like thousands of characters for Morrowind and the Elder Scrolls in general. So um, that well, was not only that, but just like, imagine, <laughs> imagine just the sheer volume of books that you can read in any one of those games. <laughs> I know, it's like, crazy. Which has nothing to do... Like, some of them are just fictional works set in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, And some of them are only a few pages long, but some of them are really long. Yeah. So, I know, I had never actually... Like, I would only read books. Uh, I would read every book that I would find because I wanted it to, like, increase my skills because sometimes in those games you read, like, you know, some book about blacksmithing or whatever and and then you increase your blacksmith skill or whatever so i would just read it and if i uh if i i just read it open it and then close it (laughs) that so right but you guys like talking about all that like made me want to go in and read it so um well you should yeah and you know one thing that i found that really helped me was that you could just go on the wiki and like read the books like you don't have to be in the game oh that's a good idea Uh, in fact i find that reading them in the game is pretty crappy unless you have like one of the mods to like adjust the font size Ah, um because it's so like big yeah um and you're like clicking like every 10 words (laughs) (laughs) but uh you can go on the wiki and just like read the books which is what i do yeah um and like sometimes what I'll do, like when I play, I'll have one screen, the game, and then the other screen is the wiki of all the books. And when I get to a book, I'll open it and then I'll read it on the wiki just so I don't have to <laughs> read the damn thing on that, which whatever, that sounds kind of hokey, but yeah. Um, fun fact, A Game at Dinner is a book that raises your alchemy skill. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, well, yeah, if you guys uh, get a chance, have some time interested in Elder Scrolls, definitely check out that podcast, A Game of Dinner. It's pretty cool. It's pretty funny, too. Um, Thanks. <laughs> uh, also, uh, just listening to, I mean, especially like listening to you and my other friend Lee uh, talk, it, it's like I'm kind of there like witnessing a conversation, so it feels like I'm part of it, which I don't know if other people would feel, but I thought that was kind of fun. And then it also made me kind of critical about like our own podcast. Um, like being more cognizant of, you know, things that I might say, or like just before this episode, uh, we were testing like audio levels and I noticed we were getting a lot of bleed through with like our, the sound in our, uh, in our headphones, you know, from the other person. Right. So those little things that I'm noticing, um, I think are going to help make our podcast better. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, as well well cool um i'm i'm glad that you <laughs> listened to it and got like yeah. not only entertainment out of it but like something educational <laughs> yeah for sure 
Um, all right, moving on. Uh, one of the other resources that I found this week um, is a website called Catlight Coding. And I think they do a whole bunch of tutorials. Oh, yeah. um, but I wanted to mention it because they have uh, a whole section on Unity tutorials um, with a focus on scripting. Um, I only did one tutorial. The first one under basics is making a clock in Unity. And uh, basically, they just have you make three um, game objects that are just like uh, rectangular prisms or whatever you want to call them. It starts as a cube and then you stretch them. And each of those represent like a hand of the clock. And then the cool thing is um, you make a script that uses um, actual like a C-sharp time object. I forget the exact name of the object, but then you can like link that to the different objects. And then the clock actually like ticks uh, in in time with what the actual time is, you know, in your uh, time zone. So that was pretty cool. It introduced me to some, I mean, it was fairly basic, but it introduced me to some different objects that I had never seen before. Um, and it was cool that it was all uh, Unity since we're, Right now we are doing our Unity course, but we're kind of slowing down on that. We're doing more C-sharp. So this was a nice kind of reminder of how cool Unity is. Um, and if you look at some of these tutorials, me and Rhett were looking at them together. Um, they have this one that is just like so awesome. Uh, like halfway into it or so, they have you build a hex map. And then it like you end up building like terrain using these hex maps. Yeah. And it just looks so awesome. Um, yeah. kind of looks like Minecrafty, but also like Civ Five or something. Um, yeah, it looked a lot like the maps that you would see on like Endless Legend if you've ever oh, played yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's something you guys should check out. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, so as far as resources, that's probably the best there. Um, I know we had some goals last week. Uh, how'd you do on your goal? I think I asked you to uh, <laughs> do some programming on your own <laughs> yes um i didn't get much down in the way of code so sorry listeners you get to watch me fail yet again <laughs> but i did make a little bit of progress in the terms of just researching uh something that i'd want to make that would be not all consuming but fun and rewarding and also something that could teach me something new nice <laughs> um do you have any ideas about what you want to do yeah, I don't know. I was kind of debating. Uh, you you remember how you made your little map thing on the console? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about making something like that, like uh, either with a maze or seeing if there was a way that I could create it in such a way to make like a little like jumper game. Oh, you know, you've yeah. seen those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. So I don't know, like like the little dinosaur game uh, when you have no connection on Chrome. Yeah. And you like get to like jump over the cactuses and stuff. Yeah. That'd Wouldn't be, cool. be like anything like that, but maybe some like, you know, letters or something nice. stacked on each other. But uh, I don't know. I was looking at ways to implement something like that. And cool. uh, yeah, so we'll see. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. Nice. I uh, did a little bit of work. I before I had talked about um, doing this kind of maze application and. Uh, I kind of morphed that idea this week into, I don't know if you guys remember that old game on like older cell phones, Snake, um, where you have like a snake kind of like object character kind of thing that you control. And like there's, it randomly spawns like an apple or something that you have to eat. And then as you eat it, you get longer and you like try not to hit the edge. Um, I didn't get 
very far, but I'm going to try to recreate that game for one of my uh, solo projects. So that's something I'll try to work on um, as well. So see how it goes. <laughs> Good for you. How did uh, you do on your goal, Taylor? Uh, as I recall, <laughs> I uh, challenged you to do a little bit of dancing at our friend's wedding. Uh, well, I... We, uh, so I was in the wedding party, um, and so my weekend was really busy, um, had all kinds of wedding stuff for my buddy Danny, um, and we were doing, you know, like pictures and set up and practice for the ceremony and everything. We get to the, after the wedding, we get to the, uh, ceremony or, uh, what do you call it? Reception. The reception. Yeah. Like the reception hall. And like none of, nobody really had a plan for like an entry. And then Danny's like, all right, everybody, we're going to like do this. And we ended up like, they inter- they like kind of said, here they are, whatever. And we just like kind of ran in and we like <laughs> went around in a circle and they were playing some like, some hype song. Yeah, whatever. And we're all like, you know, kind of jumping and clapping and stuff. And then Danny and his wife like run in and we like circle and hug them. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't like to dance. I feel really awkward dancing. And, uh, <laughs> So like Rhett like was making fun of me because uh, I guess I like stuck out really obviously like I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put it bluntly, uh, you looked hilarious. Uh, everybody came running in, just having the time of their lives. It puts it into perspective uh, when you say that some of them may have been. Uh, pre-jamming yeah um <laughs> they were taking fireball shots in the parking lot and i was like eh, i'm good <laughs> <laughs> so that explains, yeah. and also knowing that it was kind of like spur of the moment just makes it so much better dude. <laughs> like now in my mind's eye i don't even remember what the song is but in my mind's eye it's always going to be y'all ready for this but anyway everybody comes running in and uh these guys are like all having the time of their life clapping. Everybody's jumping, like really jumping. Everybody's smiling. And then there's Taylor whose <laughs> smile it looks to be out of only embarrassment. <laughs> and you're you're bouncing, but you're not jumping. Uh. And uh, your feet never leave the ground. <laughs> you don't touch anyone else. <laughs> Everybody was all touching each other and hugging, yeah. and you're like, put a hand on like Kurt's back or Daniel's back or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, that part felt a little more natural, which didn't feel natural at all. But then, like later in the night, after like everybody else was drunk, probably uh, all the groomsmen decide that they're gonna sing "I Want It That Way" by Backstreet Boys like <sighs> to the bride, and so like the DJ's like, "All right, groomsmen, like clear the floor, come up, like." Uh, and then I, I'm like, I don't want to do this really. I feel awkward, but everyone's all into it and they're all singing. And so I guess like, I just went with it and I felt so awkward, but it happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was amazingly terrible karaoke. Uh, it was only made like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't fun because it was a blast to watch that happen. Yeah. But damn, it was so <laughs> bad. But hey, like super cool idea. Like I'm kind of jealous I didn't do something like that at my wedding. <laughs> oh man, I love karaoke though, so that's like yeah, that's part of it. But uh, it was a fun wedding though. I had a lot of a lot of fun. It's just not. I just don't really like being in the spotlight. So 
Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, it was a fun wedding. Rhett did bring and, me uh, out on the floor at one point, and we danced for like 30 seconds, and then we're like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah. The uh, I've never been to a wedding like that where the dance floor just like did not feel welcoming. Uh, like not welcoming because that wasn't the right word like you know everybody well, everyone was there. like single it seemed like maybe that's why yeah it felt kind of weird yeah that was part of it <laughs> I, I mean i didn't want to like bash on single people no. but uh it made it a little tough to be out there like my wife didn't want to go out there at all just because like yeah you know i don't know man it was it was weird like i've uh. been to like dozens of weddings always enjoyed going out and just you know shaking <laughs> it a little bit but yeah, it was just a different vibe, but it was yeah. fun, and everybody looked like they were having fun. So yeah. I like that's what matters. Up with everybody, so yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I did achieve my goal, but it was pretty like forced. <laughs> uh, matter. Yeah, you're a better person for it, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, moving on to our current project. Uh, this week, Rhett and I spent, like I said, probably four to six hours programming. We took two nights and did it. Um. I had a lot of fun. Uh, there were a couple times where I felt a little bit over my head um, and uh, felt like we were kind of stuck. Um, we spent a lot of time like tweaking different classes. Um, and if you look at the um, document, uh, our game design document that we shared out, um, you'll see kind of all the different classes and things that we made. Like we have you know, character class or different character classes um different item classes location classes um let's see we what are some things that we we did like tuesday we did uh a lot with the location class we made like tap uh tavern object we're trying to kind of like start off where we can actually see what we're doing like right now we're kind of like building almost like the back end of it um and so it's really cool when you can build all that stuff and then have the foundation laid for like your main, uh, int main or whatever you want to call it, uh, main function, and then just have it all pieced together really easily. But like, I don't know when you when you spend so much time building on the on the back end and you don't really have much to to see, it's kind of it gets kind of difficult. So as we were like going through and like making these different things, we were constantly got like going back to main. And then testing, like creating an object and like testing it out and seeing some kind of progress. Um, like one of them was in the <clears throat> in a location, they have a set number of people that are in that location. And we made it so you could like add um, a character object to a list within that location class. And then there's a function or a method inside of the location class that prints out the people and so like an example we created a location a tavern and then we added a bunch of people and then we were able to you know successfully print those people just by using like the methods of that object which was kind of nice to see um, one thing we really struggled with for a while especially on tuesday was like the idea was i wanted to have all of our people um, you know, like we outlined some of them, like Paul, the bartender, uh, Miriam, the innkeeper, things like that. I wanted them to be all instantiated, like outside of the main uh, function so that we could just like reference them whenever we wanted to. 
And so I was hoping to have some sort of like container that just exists with those instantiated objects. And um, then I could just reference that container when we want to get like, you know, Nina or whatever. And we spent quite a while like messing with ideas. Like we tried just doing like a list and that didn't seem to work the way we really wanted it to. Um, and eventually we kind of stumbled upon and oh, this is what I was going to mention as well. Like we talked about it like before Tuesday and we had some ideas, uh, but none of them really seemed to work. And we kind of stopped that day programming and then we kind of like uh, took a break. And eventually on like Tuesday after after sleeping, like I've been thinking about programming a lot since we started all of this. Um, and on Tuesday, I remember like waking up and like having this idea like, oh, I bet I could like, I bet we could use like a static class that's just like already instantiated. Uh, or I don't know if that's the right terminology, but. Um, and uh, so we went in on Tuesday and we just kind of like messed around with static classes and static objects. And it ended up like working out the exact way we wanted it to, um, <laughs> which was kind of like, it's funny because people say this all the time where like if you're stuck programming a good idea is to take a break and go do something else whether it's like you know go take a walk you know anything that just kind of gets your mind off of programming and a lot of times people come back from that and just have an idea uh, that ends up fixing that problem so that's kind of like what i felt like i experienced uh with this kind of um you know, container object or whatever. I didn't really know how to do that. But I was thinking about um, the console. And if you guys are familiar at all with C Sharp, console, I believe, is a static class. Um, you don't have to inst instantiate a console object whenever you want to use it. So, like, if you wanted to do console.write, you don't have to do, like, you know, console, console, console equals new console, you know, to instantiate a console object or whatever. Uh, you can just call console by using, I think uh, using system has the console included in that. So you could just do console.write line and put in the string that you want it to print and then it'll do it. Um, so I kind of thought that I can use that same concept to make this kind of container with instantiated like characters or items or whatever. And we were able to do that with the by making it static. Um, I should have brought up my code so I could read it exactly. But the cool thing was now within our main, um, since we're in kind of the same namespace uh, as all these different classes, whenever we want to access like Nina, we just say we made a game objects class, and then within it we made all these other. Uh, well, I should say we made game object static class, and then within it we made all these other static classes that are instantiated. Um, and so then in like our main function, if we want to access Nina, we just say game objects dot Nina, and then from there we can just access Nina, you know. And so it's it felt really nice. I don't know if I'm doing a very good job explaining that, but it felt really nice to be able to have it really organized. And then whenever we needed to access, you know, like if we have, you know, a sword, we can do the same thing because, um, you know, it'd be like game objects dot sword whenever we want it. We, we can do the same thing because it's all kind of packaged in the same area. It just makes it really organized. I don't know if it's like the exact way that most game developers would do this. Um, 
but just it just felt really right you know i don't i don't know if you have anything to add about that Rhett. um no but <laughs> uh i'm glad <laughs> like i'm glad that uh you were there to sort out that problem i mean and it was great too because like like you had said we had sort of like hit a little bit of a rut and uh you came you know, you started texting me one day and you're like, all right, I'm so ready to do, I'm so excited to code. And we started working on it and it was like, boom, there was a solution right there. And it seems, uh, you know, like, I mean, I don't think I would have been able to come up with that solution on my own, but that's the number one thing that I could appreciate about it was just like how much it cleans up everything and how simple it's going to make the rest of what we're doing. Right. And I keep kind of preaching how, um, we we want to write clean code um and so like thinking about excuse me thinking about um having our main function having like all of these objects being created there just seems kind of janky you know and so the fact that we don't have to have 40 lines or whatever of of instantiating these objects and they're just packaged in another place that we can access makes main look so much better um so that that was a that felt like a breakthrough to me um and you know like i i mentioned uh in some of my my notes that you know taking that break internalizing things and just not losing enthusiasm um because sometimes when you're programming or you know doing anything when you hit kind of a rut it's it's hard not to be hard on yourself and just give up like Oh, I can't do this. This doesn't make any sense. I don't know what to do with programming. You Google like 10 different ways of saying the same thing and you don't find the resource you're looking for. Um, just take a step back. Don't lose hope and keep at it. And eventually you'll get it. Um, and that's one thing I've really learned from programming is if you just keep going, you're going to eventually get it. And we ran into some other snags this week. Um, like last night, um, Last night was really cool, by the way. Yeah, uh, I know. We it's it's interesting, like when we start working on these, like each time we have like a programming session, I don't feel like we have direction until we actually get started, and we're like, okay, like where were we? Like what do we want to do? Um, and last night we just somehow wound our way uh, into designing like our our like our fighting mechanics. <laughs> and I'm really excited because I think it really clarified um, a lot about how the fighting in the arena will work. Um, so we spent probably like 20 or 30 minutes just um, outlining that in our game design document. Um, and I think we have something pretty cool. Like we had kind of talked about using a mechanic similar to um rock paper scissors for the fighting um but we hadn't really fleshed it out and we also had you know we have an item class with consumables that boost your stats um you know our stats at this point in time are strength speed and defense and we had these different i you know like you could drink wine or something and it would what does wine do it boosts your strength but lowers your speed or something um but we hadn't so we hadn't really figured out how we were going to incorporate that into um 
like how the fighting works. And we figured all that out last night and it was, it was just really satisfying. Um, do you want to, you want to say anything about that? I guess I feel like I've been talking a lot. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, sorry. What did you want me to mention on? Uh, anything you want to like talk about with like last night, just with our, how we figured out what our fight mechanics, like maybe if you want to describe how that works, I guess. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun coming up with it because like we had sort of mentioned very briefly how um, when we started this project, because as you know, if you've been following along with podcasts, you might recall that this this console app was sort of born um, from the ashes of another, which was cool because we created all these like little battle mechanics and I was kind of excited with some of the stuff that we implemented there, you know, with like the random hits and all that sort of stuff and, and like the speed skill, like indicating like who went first and that sort of stuff. Like um, that was kind of neat. Um, Yeah. The way we did it before, I feel like makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't really um give the player much of a like yeah deciding factor in the outcome of the battle it would basically like whoever had the higher speed yeah (laughs) basically be random like whoever had the higher speed got to attack first and then um you know then it'd be like whatever your damage is there's some sort of i can't remember exactly there's some sort of random element to decide what your your hit chances and then you inflict that amount of damage. So like all we had as far as a player choice was like, do you want to fight this battle? Yes or no. <laughs> do you want to <laughs> continue fighting this battle? Yes or no. Like after each attack. And so like that was cool for a basic application, but it wasn't, um, it didn't give the player a lot. So the, how we have it right now, I feel like is a lot better. Um, and basically the way it works, is like when you're in a fight, um you get to choose um strength either a strength attack a speed attack or defense and it works similar to rock paper scissors see if i get this right speed beats strength so like if you choose speed and your opponent chooses strength uh you defeat you win that round round. but then uh you have you have those as stats. So you have strength, speed, and defense. So if let's say you have, uh, and a, let's say you have, uh, three speed and that's what you won with, you would inflict three damage plus whatever the damage of your item is, um, to your opponent. Um, so there is that kind of like element of choosing what you're going to attack with, but then the opponent also has kind of like that counter attack choice. Um, and so you could lose, uh, with any of these, you could win with any of these, but what I think is kind of cool is how we, um, use the stats. Like, you know, if you, if you have higher strength and you win with strength, you're going to inflict higher damage, um, than if you were, you know, had lower speed, you win with speed. Um, we also added in uh five a flat five percent crit chance and basically the way that that works is you uh have five percent chance to double whatever you win with so if you win with a strength attack and you have seven 
you would attack for 14 and then plus your um, plus your weapon damage. So I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot more variation the way that we did it. It may not be the most exciting or best fighting mechanic ever, but it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, and just real quick to mention, I don't know if anybody plays uh, Divinity Original Sin, but I would I kind of thought about there's a there's a point in the in the game lots of times where you're like speaking to somebody and you're trying to like win them over to do what you want them to do and uh, you have these different traits like uh, intimidation charm things like that and you can gain uh, stats in those different things over time and let's say you um, are trying to intimidate somebody to do something well then you actually it actually goes into rock paper scissors and the way it kind of works is if you have like let's say you have level four intimidate if you win a round of rock paper scissors you gain four uh points into like this progress bar and whoever gets to 10 first wins and so like that kind of inspired me i i thought that was a really clever mechanic that they have there um it gives the players a chance to kind of do something to choose how the outcome turns out um but it also kind of uh includes these different stats that help you win you know so that was a little bit of inspiration in this um so it'll be fun to see once we actually get that fully implemented it'll be fun to see how it plays that's kind of what we're working on next is is fully implementing this and then we're going to do some kind of like test fighting basically to see if it feels balanced or, you know. Um, another thing we uh, worked on last night um, was basically how these stats can be decided. Um, and what we, we can't, we, we brainstormed for quite a while on the best way to do this. At first it was like, well, maybe we'll just ask them like 20 questions um, and each each answer kind of correlates to strength, speed, or defense. Um, but then we were like, well, what if they chose like strength 20 times? Then they have then they have 20 strength and zero speed and zero defense, which kind of sucks. Um, so eventually we kind of came up with this, um, this system where they start with seven in each stat category. So seven strength, seven speed, seven defense. Then you ask them five questions. And depending on what they choose, it kind of like takes a point from one category and gives it to another category, kind of using the fight mechanics. So like, let's say they choose an answer that correlates to strength. Well, that would take one from defense. So now you'd have six defense and then you'd have eight strength. And it kind of like balances that so that you don't ever have like crazy low numbers in one stat category and you don't have like ridiculously high. Um, and so I thought that was kind of cool. We still have to implement that, but I don't think that will be too hard. Um, yeah. I was actually pretty proud of that too. That was a really cool thing that we came up with. Yeah, I agree. A good way of balancing it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and, I'm, I'm going to be excited to see that in action. Me too. Yeah. I, I'm also curious to see how, um, how the player will face up against the computer opponents. Um, because another thing we did was um, you can't you can't just ask the computer questions and have them choose something. So we did a little bit 
something similar but different with the computer players. Um, we basically made the computer choose a number between one and three, or I guess zero and two. Um, and then based on those choices, it kind of balances out the uh, their stats. We wanted it to be a little bit uh, bigger of a, of a discrepancy. So we actually basically wrote a loop that loops through, or that just loops 10 times. And then uh, it picks 10 random numbers. And so like if they pick zero, I think we said, then that's strength. So if they pick zero, then it increases strength by one, decreases defense by one. And it does that for each of the, uh, each of the stats. Uh, we also said that they can't have lower than one in a category, so they can't have a zero. One is the lowest that they can have. Um, so that was kind of fun uh, seeing how that how that changed. Like, cause some of them, you know, you run the like rebalancing ten times, and some of them might be like eight, six, seven. But then we had a couple where it was like, you know, twelve to what what is it six twelve two six you know yeah so it's kind of cool <laughs> I thought it was pretty fun yeah it's kind of cool seeing that balance out um, another thing that gave us a snag though was in this function that we wrote to, for that uh, rebalancing um, where and this is a common problem we see in computer science um, where random numbers aren't really random <laughs> like. I don't know if I'll be able to explain this very well, but like what we did was we created these objects um, all like one after another. And within the objects, it runs this initialization for the stats. And basically the computer is like running so fast that it doesn't pick a different random number than it did the t the for the previous <laughs> object because it uses um, these seeds basically and a seed is i think just a, a big number that helps you pick a, a random number um so that caused us a little snag what happened was we had three fighters that we were creating and uh whenever they were created they would all end up with the exact same stats um so the fix for this which i didn't know how to do in c sharp i had run in this into this before with uh c plus plus before the fix is to use time to um to cause some variation um and so we ended up using basically like a pause that pauses the random function from running uh for one millisecond and by doing that it ends up uh creating different randoms for each of them so <laughs> that was that was an interesting snag it was kind of funny because i like i saw it and i was like i know what the answer is and then like <laughs> Rhett witnessed me struggle for like 20 minutes trying to figure out how to, how to implement it um well it was still really cool though to like have that done and then to see the reward instantly it's like all these stats were in fact randomized yeah <laughs> so um, that was really cool yeah um yeah so that was kind of long-winded but that was uh did you is there anything we missed about what we did this week that was at least like noteworthy to talk about for the progress we made on our project no i think we pretty much hit on all of the progress we made like i mean we spent a lot of time like really fleshing out the fighting mechanics mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm really like, <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but what I'm really excited to see is, you know, we had initially talked about doing like our little fight bracket, you know, yeah. that you can like gamble on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be really excited to see like how the bracket works with like all the randomized stats yeah. and like the player going through it and like fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but yeah, that, I'm just like so stoked for that. Yeah, man. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, there's been multiple points here because um, I know I'm kind of driving the programming um, a little bit, which is totally cool um, with me. It's making me learn a lot. Um, it also, like, in the back of my head, I feel like a lot of, like, sort of a lot of pressure to make sure that it works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, like, there are multiple points where uh, when we were coding this, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, you know. Uh, but every time so far, um, we've been able to to make strides to, to get past it. Um, and I'd love to, um, as we make a little more progress, like trade off who's driving. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because um, I think... At, there's certain points, and I know you don't mean to do this, but there's certain points where I'm like literally just like saying out loud like what I'm programming, you know, <laughs> and then it's just like dead silent on your end for like 15 minutes, and then I'm like, "Well, I don't want to break your concentration." No, I know. I'm, I'm like, "You doing okay, buddy?" And you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I just I want to make sure that uh, you feel engaged and feel like you're learning. Um, so maybe this week, one of our goals should be to have you drive for most of the time, um, or something. Progress will be slow, but I'd be, I'd be honored. Yeah, that's that's okay. (laughs) Um, I mean, we don't have to do it every time, or even if you want to just do it for like, like we did before, have you do like certain functions or something like, like the function for randomizing the stats the stat balancing for the NPCs, I feel like you could have done like pretty easily with me just like giving you a little bit of guidance because you've seen all those yeah. things. All they were, yeah. all we did was a loop, a couple of if statements, and a random object. You know. Yeah. So. Um, no, I can agree with that. Yeah, and and rest assured, like even if I'm not saying anything, like it helps. And I've said this a thousand times, but for somebody who is learning like I am, even if I'm not doing it, which I really probably ought to make strides to like focus on doing it more than I am now even. But even if I'm not and I'm but I'm following along and you know, you're sitting there literally just saying everything you're doing, it helps to be immersed in it and it helps seeing it done. Like like I said before, like I definitely find myself like able to keep up with what's happening. Like even if I don't exactly understand the code that's being typed or the syntax that's being used, um, I find myself able to keep up with like the general logic of what we're doing. Yeah. And also like able to offer ideas that are realistic. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, I, I mean, I feel like that was the biggest holdup for me when we first started was saying something that was just like completely unrealistic. And and then being like, oh, like, okay, that's not something that's easily implemented. I mean, 
and as we've gone and you've increasingly found solutions to a lot of the problems that we've encountered, like each time you overcome one, I do realize that my obscene ideas uh, are becoming more and more realistic. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Which is how we're here in the first place. Because after we were like outgrew, you know, our little Gorlack, uh the week game, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we literally spent all night just throwing out like the most crazy ideas. And that night I went to bed thinking like, how on earth are we going to do that? <laughs> right. But we're getting there. Like yeah. we're making progress. Mm-hmm. And like every time we come up against an obstacle and we overcome it, uh, you know, even if I guess I, you know, even if I didn't really have like the like defining role in that, like it still is fun to be a part of it and being able to offer a solution. And even if you say, yeah, I don't think that's realistic or I don't know how we'll do that. Like it helps me, you know, even like, I don't know. It's just nice. It's like an interactive, like, it's like, a, it's like an interactive YouTube video, you know, <laughs> where I can say something to the, to the narrator or, yeah, you know, and ask questions yeah. and like actually get involved as well, yeah. you know, well, take the wheel. And just for the listeners, um, the way that Rhett and I are really doing this, um, we basically, we get on curse, uh, for voice chat. And then we both have team viewer installed, which you can use for free if you don't use it like commercially. Um, and then Rhett has been just remoting into my computer and then, you know, he can, he can control my mouse and keyboard. Like if he wanted to drive, he could, uh, you know, start typing. Um, and, uh, and he can see everything on my screen as well. So we're just, you know, opening up Visual Studios, remoting into each other's computers and going, um, which has been super helpful. Like, um, I like the flexibility that we have. Like, imagine doing this like 10 years ago. I don't I don't know what we would have done. We would have had to meet up, which would be fun. But that means for us, probably an hour and a half drive to uh to meet up with each other so it's definitely well, it just means less time coding in general yeah exactly it's a lot more work it's, uh so it's pretty convenient these days um and if you know if you're trying to do it alone um i'm sure like you have a friend who might be interested in in working together with you um even if you like just hop on reddit or something you can meet people who are interested in doing this and uh and work on things together it's not it's not the world that it used to be where you have to be in person although that that could help very well help you know um but we're, i feel like we're getting along pretty well yeah it's nice too because then we could you know i i feel like i said it's we're putting in more time coding um and it all happens without us like upsetting our families or like having to like interrupt our schedules significantly like i mean right now us podcasting and coding afterwards like i wasn't really going to do anything different this morning anyways yeah so right we're just literally sitting at our desks (laughs) or yeah like the last time i was in bed on my laptop like (laughs) 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 um uh real quick going back um to to the topic i guess um we did also clean up our code quite a bit it's fun seeing the our project evolve like um before we had set up um several classes for the characters we had like a villager character we had a uh 
fighter character and then the player character. And I mentioned in a previous podcast that C-Sharp doesn't um, allow multiple inheritance, which was giving us a problem. So we ended up using interfaces to kind of go around that. Well, the last couple times we uh, worked on our project, we kind of consolidated our classes quite a bit. I think we combined the villager class into the fighter class and we just made it, we made a second constructor so that like the base constructor is just a uh, villager that has less, it doesn't have all these stats. It basically has like a name and an occupation. Um, and then there's the constructor that does have those, which makes a fighter. Um, and then we still we do have inheritance now. We have basically the uh, um, player inherits from the NPC class um, since it uses like all the same stats as like a fighter. Um, and so because of that, like last time we got rid of all of our interfaces, um, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Um, but it just seemed like they were unnecessary at that point, and it really cleaned up that whole um, file. Like we saved ourselves probably like a hundred lines of code. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Just like we think we have one problem, and we tackle it a certain way, and then we start working on something else, and we're like, oh, that completely like makes that other problem <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> And I don't know if that's just um, part of like the natural evolution of a project or because we're not planning well enough or because we don't know enough to plan well enough. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a combination of all those because it's definitely like, you know, think about it. if we had been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. Like we wouldn't have fallen into that pit trap. Yeah, probably. Um, so um, I just know, wanted so, to, I don't know. to mention, you know, it, it's okay to completely scrap a lot of the code um that you've you've put time and effort into um i know that i read this interview i keep going back to stardew valley valley but i think that guy's awesome um i read this interview with him and he actually started over from scratch on stardew valley multiple times um and it ended up his final product ended up being really good so um it's totally okay i mean for right now, none of us are professionals. It's all kind of a learning process. So, um, you know, we learned about interfaces. Even if we don't need them now, we probably will later. So now we kind of know at least what they do. Um, so anyways, um, well, next week, um, do you have any ideas for goals? I think, um, Rhett, so Rhett, um, since he already has a lot of experience with audio, um, creating music, uh, doing podcasts. He actually uh, put out a rough draft of our first episode uh, this week. He hasn't posted it yet, but I was able to listen to it, and it was fun listening to it. Um, so we are working on getting more episodes out. Um, you should. I, I would say a good goal for us this next week would be to see if we can finalize some for the podcast to try and get it going. Um, I don't know if right, I don't yeah. know if you agree, and I don't know how much time you have. Um, no, uh, next week I should be a little bit more open. Uh, this week I'll be, or this weekend rather, I'll be completely booked up. But um, I imagine my first free day will be Tuesday, 
And I did plan on solidifying, like retouching up that first episode and actually just solidifying um, <clears throat> like all of that week's like extra episodes that we done uh-huh. had done and like maybe the next week's and posting them all at the same time. Cool. Um, yeah. So maybe like three way, or four episodes. Just the way iTunes algorithms work. It's uh, best to put out multiple episodes your first time. Yeah. And then each week we can go through and, you know, we could just post our, our weeklies with all of our like bonus stuff. Uh-huh. I was thinking that's definitely like a lot of editing to keep up on. Yeah. Uh, like if we re- end up recording, like I think some of these like uh, we, you know, record like <laughs> an hour, <laughs> three times at once or whatever. Yeah. I, you know, uh, and I th- think three times in one week and it's just like, ugh. I think I think the frequency of that is going to be a lot less um, I agree. going forward. I feel like I feel like we're kind of hitting our stride with this kind of like work on the, a project two times a week and doing a podcast on Fridays. Um, I agree. But I I can foresee us doing once we get a, our feet a little bit more wet, um, doing something else, whether it's live streaming or something. Um, but it may only be one one podcast episode a week, or we don't even have to stick to that if we don't want to. It just seems like that's working out that way. Um, but I do think it would be a good goal to have something for next week um, to post. I'd like to start getting it out there because uh, Rhett and I were talking last night about um, trying to plan a date where we do a game jam, um, where we pick one day probably in the next two months where we um, just schedule that whole day to work on a game to see if we can get it, get a final, a finished version out. Um, And I'd like to live stream that. So it'd be nice to get some episodes out for people to listen to that way. If they wanted to watch this live stream, they'd at least know about it. Yeah. So, well, I think with my free time, I could easily get three episodes up, which is my goal to have for our first thing. Um, okay. Do you, uh, the only holdback is just finishing up the music, mm-hmm. which we don't even really need for the first ones, but I would like to have our like completed, like have a polished product. Cause a lot of my podcasts, we did the first few episodes without music uh-huh. and then, um, and then like, you know, wasn't dual attains it wasn't until like episode like 10 or 15 or something that <laughs> yeah. we had music um same with cinnamon mm-hmm. uh game at dinner was the only one where we i th- well i don't remember i think we had music yeah you did starting at the first one you did um but that was a little bit easier because it's like we're doing more wins so just yeah just use Morrowind music <laughs> yeah just play yeah i think this song's called nerevar rising yeah um so yeah, that was obvious. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get some music. We'll get that rolling. We'll get the podcast out for everybody to enjoy. That'll be my goal for this week. Why not? Yeah. Um, I was also thinking if you wanted to, if it helps you reach your goal um, of creating something uh, like your own program, um, we could. I'd be happy to just dedicate one of our coding sessions to having you drive on a completely separate project as well. And I just kind of oh, that might be fun. Hang out with you, and that yeah, that, that might, might be, be that might be a fun one to live stream or uh, record as well. Yeah, that's true. We could plan on that. 
think that's a good uh, idea. I'll plan on like what I want to do. I'll like totally come up with my little project. Like I don't want to be anything that's like super involved like this, but something kind of simple, (laughs) straightforward. Yeah. I don't even Um, think you necessarily need to do something with classes. It would be good for you to um, just do something with with methods um, and loops and if statements, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I'll, I'll plan on something and then we'll pick a date and we'll, we'll work on it and it'll be like my little baby. Okay. I like that idea. And then, yeah, we can live stream it. That'll be like our pseudo game jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. That cool. sounds good. Um, any challenges for me, I guess, um, you can think of, um, yeah. Does it have to be coding related? Cause no. you're just like, you're jamming it right now. Cause I'm what? You're you're just jamming it right now. You're doing the best. You're like, I guess, jamming. I meant to say rocking. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> you're rocking it right now, bro. Um, yeah. Uh, I got a little challenge for you. Maybe if you like this. Okay. Um. Um. You've been listening to much music lately? Uh, I mean, yeah, like my, like my chill mix. A little bit of metal here and there. You got it. Uh, God, was it was it you like a few like a year ago? You were like, hey, you've been listening to any jazz lately? You got any choice? Was that you? Like, maybe hit me up for some jazz. I don't know. Maybe you got a cool. You got some jazz you like lately, dude? I got. I don't. I found this album. God damn. Uh, I found this album like maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh huh. And it is from this Japanese. Uh, pianist uh, from 1976 it was his first album this guy taught him himself to play piano at age 22 uh-huh. and then he released this album at like age 26 or 27 okay and uh it's become like one of my favorite jazz albums really uh yeah i've listened link? to it like a dozen times yeah i got it right here for you okay let's put that in the All show notes as well oh i will <laughs> so this is your challenge i want you to uh, you don't have to necessarily enjoy it, but I think you will. But give that album a little listen, at least through the song, like the first three songs. It could happen to you. I want to talk about you and early summer. Early summer is almost ten minutes long, <laughs> but it's really good. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, dude, that album is so great. So the artist is uh, Rio. Uh, uh, me look <laughs> rio fukui oh, yeah fukui rio fukui uh, fukui, fukui? Yeah. yeah there you go um the album is called scenery from 1976 and it's just the jazz combo it's piano bass drums nice i also Are i you... just clicked on that youtube link i like how the guy who posted it is named woody allen <laughs> 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 Yeah, like, freaking Woody yeah. Allen would listen to jazz, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, nice, yeah, dude. But cool. uh, I've been listening to this like while, like you know, doing a uh, like coding exercises uh-huh. and stuff like that, nice. and uh, it's just nice and relaxing and pretty, pretty good. So cool. I don't know. Maybe yeah. while you're doing the dishes or um, doing some coding of your own, you can check that out. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I think you'll dig it. I, I think I will too. It's been a while since I. Well, I had I came up with a jazz playlist for our wedding, which was kind of fun because I hadn't hadn't really dug into jazz since high school. Um, 
other than like the bad plus, but uh, that's a given. Yeah, that is a given. <laughs> if, Dave King's legit. If you guys like jazz and you haven't listened to the bad plus, check it out. They they take a lot of like um, popular songs, like "Smells Like Teen Spirit" and what's some other ones? Um, "Flim" by who's that by? Oh yeah, by Apex Twin. Apex. Oh, Twin is that? Or oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and they make it into jazz, and it's like pretty awesome. So check it out. Yeah, they also have Rush's Tom Sawyer oh, now, yeah. uh, which is pretty good. Don't they have a Blondie uh, song? A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Heart of Glass, Heart of Glass, which right. is really good. Yeah. Like that's one of oh, my favorites. Oh, Iron Man, of course. Because when yeah, Iron Man, that was what that got was. Us into yeah, it. that was the first song we heard. We were like, "This is awesome." <laughs> yeah, dude. Some of their uh, some of their originals though were like really yeah, good. I At agree. least I think they're originals. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um I feel Give, bad. Like, I my challenges are all like my challenges to you are always like be exposed to this art that I like and you don't <laughs> or whatever. You know. Nah, <laughs> like it's all right, next man. time I'll have a good like lifestyle challenge for you. Uh, it's all good. I'll think of something. Um I mean maybe this will inspire me to want to create some sort of music for a game. How yeah, do and uh, I think it's appropriate too cuz uh, this guy's Japanese and, and we're, uh, yeah, me and Taylor are really planning on Going to Japan, uh, hopefully this summer. Yeah, and uh, I Hi- read that jazz is like super big in uh, Japan. Like, really, I didn't the not jazz, know jazz. Like this guy, pl- yeah, this guy played in like the same jazz club every like every weekend until he died. Holy which cow! Was, he died like last year. Oh, really? Oh man. Yeah. Huh. So that's cool. Maybe we should try to go to a jazz club, dude. I was thinking the same thing, dude. I fa- <laughs> I read that that it's like it's a, like a kind of a surprising thing to a lot of outsiders, but they really like jazz. Interesting. Which I guess isn't necessarily that big as of a surprise if you. I mean, dude, the Japanese. Maybe this is like way too big of a stereotype or whatever, but it's it's like they everything they take from the outside world, they just like morph it and make it into this like way awesome thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's no different. Dude, this album is so good. Yeah. It's so great. And, you know, and maybe it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, I loved Cowboy Bebop yeah. um, when I was younger. Uh-huh. And, like, that whole show is, like, jazz and blues inspired. True. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, Well, and also, like, after World War II, like, then I feel like they really got exposed to, like, Western culture. And America back in the 40s was, like, really into jazz. So I bet, like... We had a lot of jazz playing around after we were like occupying Japan. I bet, dude. So, I don't know. I bet that's probably true. I mean, <laughs> look at them in baseball, man. They're true, like the yeah. only other dude, nation. They have that good baseball players. players too. Baseball is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're almost as fanatical about it as we are, yeah. if not more so anymore. I know, dude. Yeah, as growing but, up, Ichiro was like my favorite player for a while. Yeah, he, so, he was everybody's favorite I know. player. Who, yeah, who wasn't? Who didn't like Ichiro? Um, at least if you were from the Northwest. True, I mean. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think that about does it. Um, I hope uh, this week should be fairly productive. Hopefully we can get some episodes out to you guys. Um, thanks for sticking with us. I think we got some exciting things to come. Uh, we're, we're obviously really excited about the project we're working on. Um, and again, it's all about uh, you know just getting better, learning a lot, and making something cool that other people want to uh to use you know so yeah yeah i think that's it and and i think next time we record and once we start getting stuff up we'll start having like regular channels for people to get a hold of us including an email address and twitter account and all that sort of stuff yeah. so 
That's a good idea. Um, and chiming in on all that sort of stuff. So yep. great episode, Taylor. Yeah. Thanks a lot for uh, for freaking captaining this whole project. Uh, you're <laughs> you're a trooper. Oh man. Well, thanks for being willing to learn. I, I needed. Oh yeah. I needed a buddy because I was getting burned out. So now it's like I. It's like you've revitalized my burning passion to code. Mm, it's hot <laughs> when you say it like that. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool, well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Game Devs Quest. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Grab your sword and keep on dreaming. <laughs> all right. Have a good week. Bye.